Welcome to Embers and Wind. Are you feeling a calling to serve? What if answering this calling unleashes from deep within you leadership potential? I'm your podcast host, Keith Weedman. Blended three decades experience with knowledge from multiple disciplines to unleash hidden potential in others. In this weekly podcast, my distinguished guests and I will share what fuels us and how we serve. You will feel a gentle wind on the embers of service that glow within you. You will receive kindling for your capabilities and knowledge to build skills. You can utilize this gentle wind to ignite the kindling. You will be guided to do this for people you lead and serve. You can apply what you learn with people you love. Get ready to feel the gentle wind. Today's guest is a board-certified life coach. She is the founder of In Harmony Coaching. The focus of her business is working with professional women with life and career transitions. Her coaching has helped women discover their potential and live from a place of confidence, passion, and freedom while building their wealth and creativity. She recently published a book, a paperback book, an e-Kindle book, Choose Confidence, 21 Ways Women Can Increase Self-Confidence. Please join me in welcoming Laura Diaz to this podcast. The title of this episode is How to Cultivate a Confident Mindset. Welcome, Laura. Thank you, Keith. I'm glad to be here. Tell us about your career before you decided to become a life coach. Before I decided to be a life coach, and let me tell you, it's one of those careers that I didn't plan for and I didn't know until later on in life. And it's one of those transitions, my own transition that I decided later on as I was approaching the age of 60. As far as my profession is concerned, I started working for the state of California in my mid-20s as a vocational rehab counselor after I got my master's in vocational rehabilitation. And then from there, I moved within the department working for the disability determination uh, program as an analyst, reviewing medical claims, and then moving on to being a team manager and a trainer with the department. And that was the last job I held as a team manager and a trainer. I decided when I was approaching the age of 60, that there was an intuitive nudging within me that says that there was something else that I should do, something else that is calling to me, but I wasn't clear what that was. So I employed a life coach. And in working with her for about eight months, we went through different areas about what is asking me to leave my employment right now? I can retire with a pension. I can retire. This is a good time. And after doing some coaching for several months, I decided I wanted to try being a life coach. The transition of being a team manager, a vocational counselor, and moving into being a life coach seemed natural to me because I enjoy working with people. I enjoy problem solving. I enjoy helping people reach a new direction. And I enjoy the teaching and the coaching and mentoring of working with other people. So when I started my training and I explored a life coaching training here in San Diego and I went to the life training, I had a feeling that this was it. This was it. And so when I just trusted my gut instinct and I said, let's go for it, I went for the training before I retired. 
After I completed my training, after one year's training, I submit my papers for, re for retirement. And at the end of 2012, I retired from the state of California and started my business at the end of that year. Next year, I started moving into having my own business and working as a life coach. Thank you for okay. sharing that. And from what you shared, I can tell your life coach helped you. But tell yes, us more did. about how your life coach helped you. The, the, the way the life coaching helped me is to feel some clarity. What's next for me? Because one of the things that, that I believe in that's important for us, that if we're not in alignment with what's true for us, what's important for us, and a lot of it is more intuitive because the direction that I was going forth was not something in my head, I should do this for the money. I should do that. It was more of an intuitive guide that says, this is where you need to go. And I trusted that. And you know what? Just trusting where I need to be and filling the blanks for whatever need is needed out there, I felt that this was important for me. And it gave me a boost of confidence, gave me a sense of certainty that this is important, not only for me in my own development, but also to be a mentor for others as well. Now, Laura, Lou and I talked a few minutes beforehand, and I asked you about Toastmistress, but nobody else listening to this call knows about Toastmistress. Please tell us what a Toastmistress is. Sure. A Toastmistress was an organization that started in the early 1930s. And during the time that I joined, which was in the 1980s, it was still present here in San Diego. And I know it was present throughout the country, probably in other states. I don't know how many, but it's the same thing as Toastmasters. And so what happened before I left the organization Toastmistresses, it transitioned into another organization called International Training for Communications or ITC. But the same concepts, the same training, the same principles of Toastmasters were the same guidelines for Toastmistress. And it's an organization that helps you with public speaking or trains you in public speaking. So the highlights of what you learned from Toastmistress was public speaking. Anything else? Yeah, well, the main, the main thing besides public speaking that I learned about Toastmistress was that there was a support system out there. There's so many things that come increase my confidence, increase the belief that I could do something, increase the public presence, the public presentation, the public speaking, and ease the nerves and anxiety of speaking in front of people. Because the reason I joined Toastmistress was when I was working as a and for the state of California, during the time I was working as a disability analyst, I wanted, I desired to be in management, but I was fearful because what that meant that I had to train others. I had to work with small groups and be in front of people speaking. I was terrified about that. I never learned how to speak. I never took speech classes or public training as far as speakers. I was terrified by that. But one day I said, that's it. I'm doing something about this fear. And when I looked at different speaking organizations at the time, I chose Toastmistress because that gave me the ticket for me to blossom and say, you know, I'm coming. I'm, I'm dealing with my fear. There's so much that I want to do, but this fear is holding me back. And I don't want that to hold me back. And I know that this is something with many people that 
you know, fear will hold us back because we don't feel safe. We don't feel sure that we can do it or we feel scared about this new fear. But I said, I want to go over there, but I can't go over there unless I deal with this fear. And I was willing, even though it wasn't easy at the beginning, I was willing to just dive in and get into it. But the main thing that being involved with Toastmasters gave me is my own confidence, my own strength of position for me to just keep moving towards something that I wanted. What about leadership skills? Did Toastmasters help with that? Absolutely. Part of the uh, communication uh, training with Toastmasters was not only helping you with speaking and getting speeches, uh, uh, organizing speeches from a few seconds to a few minutes, but also it provided leadership training. You could uh, volunteer to be an officer, not only within the club that you belong, but also within the next level and the next level after that, because there was different levels. And so I volunteered for, for many of those positions in leadership. And from that point, I learned how to hold meetings, how to hold agendas, how to work with difficult people. And not only that, it helped me and my own presence on how to handle meetings, because that was one of the things that if I chose to be promoted, I needed to hold meetings. And I was so happy about that, that the leadership as well as speaking was so important for me to move into the next level up as far as my career was concerned. And you then took the step to the next level, correct? I did. After that, when I felt the sense of peace, the sense of I'm ready, I applied for the promotion. The next round that promotions were open, I applied for the promotions. Not only did I get promoted, but a, a few months after I was promoted, there was an opportunity. I was able to be an officer from in the club level. And then from the club level, I learned to be an officer in the next level up. I think it was regional. So I, I learned to be a secretary, a president, um, somebody that takes the notes, secretary. So I was able to volunteer for many of the leadership qualities. And I learned how to run a meeting, how to create an agenda, how to deal with difficult uh, agenda items and many other difficulties that present themselves in meetings. So that was very valuable for me as I transitioned into applying for a promotion. And so when I applied for a promotion because I felt good and I was at peace, I was ready, I was promoted and I was so happy about that because just the speaking training and the leadership training really put me in a position of strength that I said, I'm ready. I'm ready to start moving forward. And I was very happy about that. So let's talk about inner harmony coaching. You started that in 2012, correct? Actually, I created that company in 2011 during the time that I was training as life coach because mm -hmm. we, were, we, we did a project within the life coaching training and we were asked if we had a business, what would the name of the business be? And so I chose In Harmony because we, did, we had just done an exercise shortly after, before that on what is our life purpose. And so I, I says that my life purpose was to create more joy and harmony for myself and people around me. And so since harmony seemed to be something that was uh, in alignment that I wanted in my life and around me, I said, I'm going to call my company In Harmony Coaching. And then like at the that. time, I applied for a license and also for a fictitious name to just own it 
So that way, even though I wasn't going forward at the time and getting a lot of clients, I was in training. I said, I'm claiming this right now. Yeah. Tell us about your book. My book is Choose Confidence, 21 Ways Women Can Increase Self-Confidence. And this is a book that I never thought I was going to write. Well, I never planned on writing a book. I work with a mentor. His name is Eric Laughlin. He's my sales coach. And so he has different workshops throughout the year. And one of the workshops that he has is called Write a Book in a Day. And I told myself, well, why not? I do a lot of journaling. I have classes. I have much material that I can work with. I said, I'm going to attend the class. And as I attended the class and started moving forward with the exercises, at the end of the class, I said, I'm doing this. So the, the book is about how I decided to choose confidence for me and build a, a, a position of strength. And I'm sharing that. So that way for the reader to realize that all of us can choose a position of strength, which I define as choosing confidence. And in this book, I talk about 21 ways, and I know there's more than that, but 21 ways that I chose to really accelerate the confidence and the position of strength for me to just keep going for my own self, my own self-actualization and my own development and to share that as a way for other people to really learn from this. And I mentioned here, you know, for women, because I've known more women that I've worked with that confide in me about their lack of confidence. I haven't worked with too many men that claim that they don't have confidence. I see this more in women that they are opening claiming this. So that's why I put that in choosing confidence. But yeah, this is a book of my journey in building my own confidence and hoping that this may help and inspire other people to make a choice for themselves because choosing confidence is a position of strength that you can choose for yourself. Whatever road you want to take in your life, that's your position and it's a position of strength. I wonder if you can share two or three different ways that a woman can build confidence. Sure. One of the ways is stop self-sabotaging yourself. Because one of the ways that we sabotage ourselves is that we think that we have to be perfect because we see the comparison out of the media and just allow yourself to just go with what you think you want to do that calls to you. Because yes, we're going to make a lot of mistakes and part of development is willing to take a risk to make mistakes because from those mistakes, we learn many, many gems, many tools to go forward. And the other is believing yourself. You have what it takes. Sometimes we don't know that. Sometimes we find out by uh, circumstance, but the best thing to find out if you want to discover your tools, your strengths, work with a mentor, work with a coach. Because if I had not worked with a mentor, and I still work with mentors, and that's something that's so important me since I started being trained as a coach, having mentors, one or two mentors in different areas of special has been really important for me in my own development. And that's so important for people to really grasp that having a mentor doesn't mean that something that something's wrong with you, something needs to be fixed. No, it's about you making a choice to discover something else that's inside of you that wants to be expressed, that wants to be shared with other people. So 
those are some of the areas that I would suggest people stop the self-sabotage and not allow fear to hold you back and be willing to reach out and ask for help. Thank you for sharing that. There's probably a listener who's listening right now who's wondering, what's the difference between a mentor and a coach? How would you respond to that? That's a great question, because I know that a mentor coach can kind of blend many of the skills. And let me define first what what a coach would be. A coach is a professional that you work with that has been trained. The other person discover their strengths, discover their skills, and helping them answer their own questions. Because we're not in a position as a coach to tell the other person what to do. We're not in a position that we know better of what, what the other person needs to do, even though we may think we do at times. But we are trained in question and probing and asking questions so that way the other person, or in this case, the client, will eventually find their own answers. And once they find their own answers, the coach will find a way to support them on how they can actualize and build an action plan to go forward. A mentor is somebody who has had experience in the field that the the other person wants to go. And the mentor helps them through their own experience, their own skills on how to build a certain skill. Like if I was mentoring somebody on public speaking, I would share some of the skills that I learned and help them do some practice as compared if I was a coach. Of course, I blend both of them myself, a mentor Mm -hmm. coach at times in working with somebody. Because when I coach, we have a dialogue, we have training, And the focus is helping the other person find their answers and their direction and supporting them with that. Tell us about your 30-day challenge. What I've done with 30-day challenge, I've had programs where I focus on working with a small group and I ask the participants to focus on one goal that they want to achieve within 30 days. It doesn't have to be the whole goal, maybe a portion of that goal. How much are they willing to invest in themselves in terms of actions, in terms of commitment and accountability? So the 30-day challenge is in working with a coach, which with me, is how much are you willing to really dive in and accomplish within 30 days? So I have a 30-day challenge, which means that I work with a set of group of people. Usually it's a small group under 10 people. And so we meet once a week. And during the week, I may meet with some of them individually in working through their uh, challenges and in, in focusing on their goal. So what happens on the 30-day challenge that whoever achieves the most within their goal at the end of 30 days, there's some prizes. But the focus of the 30-day challenge is really to help the person get out of themselves and really put forth their best foot, really ask for help, and really be in a committed place so they can be more accountable for their own actions. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. What challenges does a professional woman confront when they consider the transition to retirement? That, that's a great question, Keith. You know, and there's so much uh, that's been that I've read about that because we're dealing right now with the baby boomers, some part of the baby boomers, and this is a big population that is right now in the place of retirement. And the interesting thing about this group that I've noticed, because I've noticed that about myself, is that 
yes, we may retire from the job we've had in the past, but we don't want to retire from life. So the, the challenge for many of the people or the women that want, are getting ready for retirement is not only leaving the previous employment, but making a choice. What am I going to do for the rest of my time or my life? Because right now it's uncertain how much time we have and the way statistics look and studies have shown we're living longer. We're living longer on the average lifespan is is stretching from the mid 80s i believe and i'm sure it's going to stretch to the 90s we're seeing more people living to the age of 100 or past 100 so if we were to gauge the average lifespan might be in the 90s maybe 100 and we retire say at 60 or 65 we have about what 30 25 years and so the choice we have to make and the challenge for many people is what am I willing to do and plan? Because I've seen people retire and being happy because they don't have to work. But after a couple of years, they get depressed and start feeling ill about themselves or not good about themselves. And then I see other people, men and women, who say, I'm going to do something that I've always wanted to do. Maybe volunteer in for an organization, maybe start a small part-time business, or maybe just travel. But if you don't have a plan when you retire, it, it's, it's riskful. It, there's a risk that your health is going to be jeopardized, not only emotionally, mentally, but physically, if you don't have a plan. And I see, I've seen that happen with my parents, my friend's parents, where they didn't have a plan. They just stayed at home and watched TV and didn't really have a plan for them to really invest in the community or with themselves. So that's a challenge in moving forward because we have a lot of time. And I see more people being active in their 70s and 80s and even 90s. And that's inspiring just to notice that. It is inspiring. And the word plan, I would say, what about the word purpose? If you substitute the word purpose, what about the purpose of life, the purpose of retirement? I noticed that the life purpose, you know, that word seems to have more meaning when we get to be in our 50s, 60s, because I've talked to many people, both men and women, that we start thinking more in terms of life purpose, the meaning life of life, what's important for me. And if you can touch something that's important for you and be in that space and work in that space or do something about that life purpose, if your purpose, like me, is to create more joy and harmony in the world. And the way I do it, my mission is through life coaching or business coaching, life and business coaching and helping others to discover who they are. Then it satisfies me in a way that I'm, I'm purpose and feel good about. If somebody else is wants to mentor young boys or young girls about you know teaching them about something, every volunteer, their purpose is being a contribution to us, all of us, in the life purpose is how can we be a contribution to other people and make this a better world? Because when we do this, we feel such a strength in us and such a peace of freedom when we are feeling that we're making a contribution and being on purpose. Yes. It's more of a higher principle. To me, life purpose seems more of a, a spiritual element when we're in that space. So what about the challenges for professional women that are going through a transition, either contemplating a transition or actually in the middle of a transition? What challenges do they typically have? 
when women are going through a transition, many times it could be a career transition. What should I choose? Should I go for a promotion? Should I change jobs? My, my coaching with that is what calls to you? What activities calls to you? What do you want to do? And, and the question, even though it's a simple question, what do you want to do? It's not a question that can be easily answered by many people because our paradigms of what we're supposed to do and be come to play in our mind. Because when we're looking at getting a job, we're trained to think you get an education, you go to college, and then you get a good paying job. And then after that was like, we start a family, what have you. That seems to be a transition that we are conditioned with, but not many people take that transition. So the challenge is, what do I want to do? Even though I've been told that this is what I'm supposed to do, because I come from this family, I'm, a, I'm expected to be. So the, the challenge in career transition or life transition is realizing what calls to you, what contribution do you want to learn? What skills are going to really come through you to be of service to other people as well to yourself? Is finding out, discovering who you are through your service, through your expression, through your skills and through your strengths. And that's the challenge in discovering or your willingness to realize that you can do that. Do you have any tips that could help a woman that's going through a transition or is considering one? Yes, I would encourage them to talk to somebody that's trained in life coaching to just share that I'm going through a transition and I'm not clear, I'm not sure what to do. And that seems to be what happens many times. And so the coach is trained on asking certain questions to really help them discover some ways to get started. Because anytime there's a change, we just have to start where we are. And then from there, start moving forward. So if we start where we are, the best way that I would suggest to another woman is talk to a counselor, maybe talk to a life coach, explore if there's anybody in your community or even online that can be of service to you and helping you be more clear and finding some clarity about what's important for you and how can you dissolve some of this confusion of your transition? Because there's many confusion and uncertainty that happens when anybody goes through transitions. It could be life or it could be career. And speaking of transitions, you've been through your own transition. I know you've talked a little bit about that, but let's talk about how you built your selling skills and your marketing skills, because I know you worked for government before and you didn't have to do sales or marketing in government. No, we didn't. And, and you're right. And But one of the things that I remember working for the government, which I'm so thankful about as a team manager, I was trained not only in management skills and working with teams, but also in working with people in groups. And because there's going to be difficult situations many times. And just knowing the distinction in different personalities and situations or conflicts that can occur within groups or teams That was important for me because just using that information, it's real transferable to be taken outside of the context of working for the government, also working within my own practice as a coach, because I see this play out itself, the situation of people working together or working by themselves. When I look back, and and I remember working as a team manager, I had to be in a position to convince the team when there was different changes and regulations taking place. 
I had to be in a place to encourage the team to start making a shift in, in, in the new regulation, which was not easy. And so I had to use some skills on how to persuade them and encourage them to make a change. So that's part of selling a little bit or a buy-in for people to start taking a change. From there on, as I was working as a life coach, I worked with several mentors on how to really get into the selling and the buying and being in a place that's marketable because that wasn't my area of expertise when I was trained as a life coach. I found that I work with different mentors on how to work with sales, how to work with marketing, but that's a still an area that I'm working with and I have yes. a mentor with that. Excellent. Thank you for sharing that. So what guidance do you have for a professional woman who's works for government to prepare them to successfully transition from government into something else? If they want to transition from working with the government to something else, it's a good idea to identify where do I want to go? Is it private employment or is it my own business? So it's a good idea to identify. And the best thing, my suggestion is work with another professional. Of course, I'm going to be prejudiced. I'm going to say work with life coach or business. Yes, absolutely. Because these professionals will help you on how to ease the transition because the transition is just not stopping work and getting another job. There's so many components to a transition. There's the emotional component, the mental component, the spiritual component, the physical component, and also just the different environments and people and other elements that have to take place when you make a transition. So the best place is make sure you work with another professional because it really helps in setting some guidance in moving forward with that transition. Because sometimes the transition can take place before you actually leave the job. If you work with a professional, I found that out later on. And you're an advocate for coaching. And I respect that. I understand that. I empathize. I've got a coach right now too. And I'd be willing to bet you continue to learn. And I know we've talked about one way. You've got a sales mentor. You've got a marketing mentor. That's another way. That's two ways. You probably are continuing to learn in other ways too. Yes. I also have a a business coach that I work with and, and bounce other ideas of what I'm doing at my own development. And I also have a spiritual mentor that works with me in just different areas. And something that really is important for me is continuing education. I love to learn and I love reading and I love taking other colleagues or other people's courses because there's always something new to learn and always a reminder because when you learn something, say 10 years ago, five years, you don't always use that material. And it's always good to repeat and really see how can I bring this information that I learned at one time to the present time. And it is always a good way to be innovative with the information that you have. And how can I bring this to my business and to my life? And continuing education, I think it's a must. For me, it is. And I would encourage that with other professionals. Thank you for sharing that. How can a professional woman who enjoys this conversation today stay connected with you? They can contact me through my website, which is www.inharmonycoaching, and press the contact button. Or they can send me an email at laura at inharmonycoaching.com. Thank you. And I'll include both of those in the show notes. And how can they learn more from you? 
Well, I have different one-to-one uh, -one programs and I have some, some uh, group coaching programs. So if they're interested, check my website at www.inharmonycoaching and I have a general idea what I have right now. And if they're interested in talking to me, I offer a complimentary session to just discover where are you, what's interesting, what are you looking for for yourself? And then I can make some recommendations from them. And then you also have a book, correct? Absolutely. And I have a book that's available through Amazon Choose Confidence. It's available in ebook as well as in um, paperback. As a matter of fact, I'm going to have a special promotion coming up on October the 23rd through October the 26th, where I'm going to have the ebook for 99 cents on Amazon. Wow. And the book call is Choose Confidence. Excellent. Thank you for sharing that. I will include your website and your email address in the show notes to make it easy for anyone to reach out to you. Thank you so much for being a guest today on Embers and Wind. Thank you for inviting me. I had a great time, Keith. And thank you for listening to Embers and Wind. We look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks so much. Thank you, Keith. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of Embers and Wind. If you enjoyed today, please come back next week. Please also share this episode with a friend. If you've not already subscribed to Embers and Wind, rated this podcast, and written a review, please do this now. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me directly at embersandwind.net. Thank you again for joining us.